Good morning. It's Wednesday, October 26th, and I'm watching Jim Cramer's somber face. <clears throat> that guy bothers me. Um, let's start out with Boyle. <laughs> uh, I've been touting Boyle uh, all over the place. Um, yesterday, uh, on the podcast, After Hours on YouTube Live, uh, I just thought, hey, this thing, it, it's been beaten down enough. Um, there was a crazy, crazy story, though, yesterday. And um, <clears throat> there, uh, oh, it's AI, okay. Uh, I'll put it back in. Um, there are 10% of the entire shipping fleet of LNG ships, liquid natural gas ships, are sitting offshore in Europe. Um, Europe doesn't have the capacity to actually accept and unload those ships. So remember that there's that supply-demand um, kind of thing? Well, right now what's going on... Ooh, I'm sorry. I'm still alive. <laughs> um, right now what's going on with supply and demand is liquid natural gas is um, having some issues with its supply, but it's, it's not that it's short supply. It's that it's oversupplied, which is why you're seeing boil probably crash down. Um, uh, plus you add in, I don't know about you guys, but holy crap. Um, the weather here in Atlanta, it's October. Um, it's almost Halloween and, uh, global warming is coming about because Yesterday, I think it was 78 degrees. I went out for a run. It was significantly just super, super nice out. So um, so I don't want to say don't buy boil, but here's the thing. Overnight, it just it lost everything. I mean, it, it got up to 40, 41, um, 41.50 in the after hours. It was a straight line up yesterday. Um, let's look at, yeah, Active Trader Pro I'm looking at. Yesterday, it was straight line up. Today, it's straight line down. Um, your RSI went down to 25, um, and you're, you're now at 52. It's kind of gotten some back. 36.95 is where it's at, 36.70. Um, let's zoom in on Active Trader Pro on this chart just to see where we're at. Um, God, I hate when it does this. Uh, I typically have to go in today. Yeah. When it does uh, after-hour stuff, it, Active Trader Pro does this to me all the time where I can't see the current candle. But you can see enough of it um, that you can tell uh, it's kind of lost. It, the Bollinger Bands have synced up, and it's on its way back up. It's at 36.90. I think a lot of people started taking profits yesterday on this one in particular. Uh, the buy-up in the algorithm, let's switch to the algorithm, 39.56. And when we drag the volume shelf over, uh, let's see, uh, you can clearly see, let me bring this, uh, let's bring this back here so you can see. There's a volume shelf that's created right here around 40. So in my mind, I think even though you're trading at 36, which is the bottom of this volume shelf, I think you've got enough support here that you can see it you know, again, the RSI is at 43, so it's not, it's kind of in no man's land. It came up from 21, which was just two days, you know, five days ago last week. 
Um, the, the MACD is kind of just capitulating there. It doesn't look like it's turning down, but we'll probably see a little bit down. The, the fear is that we closed at $40 <clears throat> and we're going to create a gap. And you're going to create a gap down, uh, which is going to be below um, that nine day. So you've lost your confirmation per se. Um, it's not going to bring the Bollinger Bands down, I don't think. But we'll have to wait until that candle creates um, in order to see that. So uh, Boyle, yeah, that's a little one. And let's look real quick. Jordy on Instagram asked me, nah, air, air liquid. I couldn't find the symbol. I just couldn't find the symbol. AI is C3 AI. Um, Cameron thought it was AI. But it's, uh, let's see if it's AL. Maybe I just maybe read that one. No, that's Air Lease. So I couldn't find the symbol at all. Usually if I type in Air uh, Liquid, you know, uh, I can't find it. It's just not there. So, uh, Jordy, I don't know if that's a penny stock. I don't know where it's traded off of, but it didn't seem to be in, even in Finviz. Just couldn't find it. Uh, it doesn't look like it's, uh, let's see if, I don't put in the symbol. Nah, air liquid. So, you're going to have to kind of tell me where I can find that one. I just don't, you know, two websites that I have, TrendSpider and, and Finviz, doesn't have it. So, um I just can't look it up for you. My assumption is this is a small company. Maybe it's a pre-release. We'll see. But uh, Corey wanted me to look at VTNR, uh, Vertex Energy. This was crazy because I think he's onto something here. And, and this is Corey's one that um, plays some 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 options. He's a little bit more of an advanced trader. He found this one. It's in the energy sector. Now, I, haven't, I don't think I brought this one up, but when I went and looked at this one yesterday, uh, and sometimes I do look at your guys' stuff uh, prior to get, actually getting on air and I prepare, it's not making money. So that was the first thing that I noticed. The second thing I noticed is that it's an energy company that's not paying a dividend. So I was like, ah, eh, that's kind of strange because energy companies make a shit ton of cash and they return it to the shareholders. Third thing I noticed was that it's 77% up year to date. It's 143% above its 52-week low of $3.30. It is 55% below its 52-week high of 18. And there is a triangle form here, an upside-down triangle, where it just it peaked in June. And it probably peaked in June with the energy run-up. And you can clearly see. Then what happened in August was probably an earnings issue. Um, so they're, they're not making money, but you can clearly see between five and probably nine, I would say on Finviz, uh, that's it. So I went down here and I said, you know what, let's look at the analysts. The analysts have all downgraded it. Um, there are only two from this year, one in August downgraded without a price target. Um, Oppenheimer in July, they, uh, said it was an outperform. And then in August, they downgraded it to a perform. They had an $18 price target, so they still have an $18 price target. So I read the, um, uh, the market sentiment, that Simply Wall Street article, and um, it's renewable diesel production. So I'm fairly certain that this is one. When I read those articles, I said, you know, 
they're on, they're basically saying they're on the verge of making money. Uh, so the price to sales, you can see it right here on Finviz, 0.52. Um, price to book, 5.7. Their book value per share is $1.41. So they're trading at a higher um, higher than book value. So if they sold off all of their assets, supposedly, um, then you know, you'd get $1.41. So it is up there, but it's not crazy compared to its 52-week range. So here's what I'm seeing from a chart perspective. You go over to uh, TrendSpider, and you're seeing it's trading in this range, like I said, between 9 and probably 5, uh, which is a big range, but you've got gaps all over the place. And you can clearly see here in August, remember I talked about the chart on Finviz. In August, you have a gap down. Um, and that gap down uh, went from... Uh, was up at 14 and it went down to nine on earnings day. And that was because they announced crazy losses um, and that they're just not making money. So that was where this one went. Um, and so I went back and I said, you know, there's another gap here. And this was on their last earnings where they lost 15 cents per share. It's between 621 and 676. Well, that's been covered. That's been covered. It was covered on the way down. And then it's been covered on the way back up. And the, the algorithm has a buy-in here, September 28th at 642. It's trading at $8.03. I don't want to say that this is a buy right now because that run from 642 to $8.03, you've made your 10%. And typically what I say is when you make your 10%, get out in this market, be happy. Um, specifically if it's over a couple of week time and you've made 10%, um, you can move that one. So I, I, what tempted me about this one from Corey is this gap up here. It's so big. And if these guys on earnings, November 7th, come out and say anything about moving towards profitability, this thing's going to cover this gap to 14. Um, now, the danger is, read those articles on Finviz. Go do your own research. Do not listen to some guy on the internet. Um, that is number one, because right now the RSI is at 60. That MACD is up. It's crossing. It's crossed a couple of times. Um, I'll expand it up for everybody watching on YouTube. You can see it's crossed a couple of times within this run, and it's kind of just capitulating right on the strike line. So it's not like this has a clear buy signal right now. But with earnings coming up and that gap up there, all I would be looking for is some type of uh, you know, verbiage from the CEO. Yeah, we're moving here. Uh, here's the other thing that I noticed in TrendSpider. And I guess you can't see it but uh, because I have it zoomed in a little bit. But the, the algorithm performance, here's the algorithm performance. It makes you over 1,000 candles, 1,761%. Again, that's 1,761%. Uh, just buying and holding this stock has made you 1,811%. Uh, it has 28 positions, 36% are wins. Your average win is 77%. So the, the volatility is crazy. The volatility is, is probably you know, justified in the fact that they're just not making money. Uh, but in a, a time when energy just has all of the long-term, we talked about the XLE before, 
Um, if I go back in and I look at a weekly of the XLE, we're in a, and I'm going to remove this, um, we're in a bull market for the XLE. And you can see um, we're touching the top of the, the Bollinger Bands on a weekly basis. Uh, so we're, we're at a high. It, it might have to pull back, but that doesn't mean that this one isn't something that I, I you know, again, throw 50 bucks into it. Maybe it turns into 200. It's a good day. You pay for your lunch. Um, I like it though. So thank you, Corey, from Instagram on that one. Uh, Meta. <laughs> this one reports today after the bell. And I got Google and I got um, uh, uh, Microsoft. Those are down 7%. Microsoft is at 233 um, Google is at about 95, 96, maybe 97. They're both down about 7%. Meta reports after the bell today. And this is one, the algorithm has you buy in at 134. And I believe you're round there when you buy in. Now, here's where kind of a long play may come in. I listened to the guy who started Oculus was on my first millions podcast yesterday and I posted it. I think it's 15 minutes in. He starts talking about why he sold Oculus, Oculus to Facebook. Uh, he could have been bought out by a number of other uh, companies. And there were other companies that were offering him similar amount of money, um, blah, 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 the whole thing. Well, he kind of talked about how uh, Google owns the customer, meaning that Google has the eyeballs, they have Gmail, uh, they have YouTube, they know everything about that customers. They have Chrome, which is the largest browser. If you don't think that Google monetizes Chrome by understanding which websites you go to, um, you're just not reading your, your, your user um, agreement. <laughs> they monetize everything. That's how Google makes money. So he knew that Google was probably Google and Apple were the biggest ones that were moving forward with um uh with a a metaverse um with virtual reality. So uh he had Zuckerberg kind of called him up and um he found out that Zuckerberg had been doing a lot of research into uh virtual reality and it led him to Oculus and essentially all of the research labs that that Zuckerberg had talked to said these guys are years ahead of any other private company. And what you have to understand, and it's, this is, these are his words, what you have to understand is money can bring about crushing uh, a smaller company even if they are ahead of the game. So while technology-wise, his Oculus for virtual reality was far and away ahead of what Google, or Apple, or anybody had in the virtual reality space, all it would take is a $1 billion, $2 billion um, uh, kind of mass media or, or whatever kind of barrage against Oculus, um, and they'd be dead. Maybe, you know, you just flood the market with cheap headsets, which is what Google tried to do. Um, maybe you, you partner with PlayStation. Uh, maybe Microsoft comes out with an Apple uh, headset for Xbox. What, any number of those things. And he said, here's what he knew. He knew that Facebook uh, didn't have a hardware pl uh, program. So uh, Android has, uh, Google, Google has Android. So they have half the phones in the U.S. Um, to be able to uh, display virtual reality with. 
Uh, Apple has half, 60% maybe, of, of the handsets um, uh, for virtual reality around the world. Um, plus, they have software programs that could do that. Um, so what does Facebook have? Well, Facebook didn't have anything, but they had the actual eyeballs. So while he took the buyout from Facebook because, again, you know, Facebook came to him and said, we'll pay you $1 billion for this company. And he said no. And then they came back and said, we'll pay you $2 billion for this company. And he said, that's where it kind of, okay, I'll take $2 billion. Um, but it's an interesting discussion. So in regards to earnings today, um, Facebook, they probably will report a bad quarter. But I don't think that a bad quarter is what's going to bring this one down. What's going to bring this one down is their their path forward. And Zuckerberg has been hedging a little bit that maybe the metaverse isn't ready right now. Uh, they they just released a, a headset, a headset that <clears throat> uh, has not been received well uh, by the tech world, by any world, <laughs> um, by any, you know, any stretch of the imagination. This one is 60% year-to-date down. Uh, their PE is 11. This is a company that, uh, you know, you're only, what, three times book? The book per share is 46. You're trading at 136, 133, somewhere around there. Let's see. Let me, um, Meta. Let's look at Meta. You are trading at 131. So it is below where this one, from a technical standpoint, but what you have to look at is more of the, the, the fundamentals. This is going to get killed with advertising. The pullback on advertising that Google saw, the slowdown in YouTube revenue that Google saw, um, the slowdown in advertising that Microsoft saw, uh, you're, the slowdown in, in advertising that Snap saw. You're going to see it in this stock. So I don't want you to think that, hey, I'm telling you to buy this at 130, that it can't go to 90. Uh, I, it, it absolutely can go to 90. And so I think it's a little bit of a stretch. If it does go to 90 and it gets below a 10 on the PE, uh, in my mind, I'm dollar cost averaging that $300, $300 price point that I have on my buys. I'm still holding this one at $300 because all the way down, I've kept thinking it's too low, it's too low, it's too low. You can see that 200 day. There's still this gap here between 250 and 320. That gap at some point will be filled. Absolutely 100% will be filled. And make no mistake about it, this is a company that is still in infancy. It just IPO'd, um, let's see, 2015. So it's not even 10 years old. Um, this one's not even 10 years old. So you're still getting in at, at the, the, the low point here. Now, when we look at the volume shelves here, <clears throat> you can see if I pull it to September, about a year ago, September uh, 2021, because that was the highs of this stock where it was up near 400. You can see there's a clear volume shelf up here at 322 where people are still holding. That's me. That's 100% me. The biggest volume shelf that you see is up here between 170 and 155. That's where I think we go in a healthy market. Uh, as long as Zuckerberg doesn't spend $10 billion on the metaverse for 300 people uh, to visit. That's the problem that they're seeing right now is the street is saying, you know what, douchebag, 
your, your money ain't going anywhere. Put your money somewhere else. So that's where we're seeing this one. And when you see this candle, that green candle, it's finally starting to close the week at a higher point where it's actually, then it's actually started the week. And so if we stay um, above 126 was where we closed out the week. There's a little uh, niche there that I can see. <clears throat> uh, I think we'll be good. Now, I, I don't want to lead you guys into this one without thinking. I want you to think about what you use. Um, so I, I went on Facebook yesterday to completely start a podcast a room. I started a freaking business page. I did it wrong. I'm the boomer moron. Uh, I don't use Facebook. I freaking hate Facebook. <clears throat> I think Facebook is the demise of society. Um, I think it has uh, created more of a divide than brought people together. Uh, and I hate what they're doing with Instagram. But I still use them. And I still use them on a daily basis to connect with friends, to connect with uh, brands, to connect with uh, other people. I still use them. I don't use WhatsApp unless I'm traveling. When I'm traveling, I use WhatsApp. WhatsApp was down yesterday. Um, my dad thought it was iMessage. He started screaming at me last night that iMessage was down all day. I said, no, it was WhatsApp that was down for like an hour. So um, I do think that, that the, the bad news is priced in on Meta. Um, it does have this buy-in. But I don't want you to think that it can't go down because obviously we've been thinking it can't go down this whole entire time. The algorithm makes you 48%, loses you 48%. Buying and holding loses you 49%. Your average win is only 3%. And you only win 28% of the time. So it's not like this is a high flyer, hey, let's get this one in. I would want you be, to be adding this one for a long position. And I do think, remember when we talked about, I'd said on the weekly chart that there's about, there's a um, volume shelf there at about 170, 175. You get a gap here between 161 and 168. And in a good scenario, I think you fill that. But I, I don't expect today to, to get some type of news um, that this is going to be a tremendous quarter um, and that there's anything out there that's unheard of. Because I, I just don't think that the news is there. But could you get a, a bounce um, from 130, 129 up to, you know, 140? Maybe if they have something good. Maybe he's going to cut back on his, his meta spending. Maybe they have some type of software program that has been able to divert some of the, uh, some of the advertising dollars from um, the others to them. Who knows? I mean, maybe there's something. Don't know. But I wanted to go over uh, Meta specifically because um, it is also, it, it's clear based on the earnings that companies who are able to hold their margin are going to be rewarded. Uh, that is why you saw Boeing, Boeing and pre-market, they announced, and they took a loss for a huge loss. I think it was a record no, uh, loss. Um, they're up. Let me see where they're in pre-market. Uh, it, it tanked uh, at first. Then it came back to even. Then it was up. It closed at 146. You're at 145. I think 140 was where it went. Um, yeah, it, it went down to about 140. So in my mind, if you're looking getting into Boeing, which I don't know why you freak you would, uh, don't listen to Jim Cramer, 140 would be your floor. Um, but 
companies that hold their margins are getting rewarded. Uh, Texas Instruments, they didn't hold their, their, uh, their margins. So SOXL took a hit yesterday. I think you're going to see it probably take a little bit of a hit today. Uh, let's see. I think it was up slightly this morning. Um, let's see. SOXL, it closed at 926. You're down at 877. Um, the buy-in on this one was 727. You still have a positive. You're still going to be above that uh, the nine-day at 855. I think that's going to provide some support today. I think you're covering this gap up here um, between 1022 and 1086. I just don't think between now and the Fed's, uh, the Fed's announcement that we're going to see anything horrific, I should say. So um, I, I do think SOXL is still a buy. Uh, Schlumberger, did they change their name to SLB? I, I don't even know. I, I heard a rumor about that one. You've still got confirmation. I mean, it is still up here at 52. Um, at the top of the Bollinger Band. This one, we had a buy-in at 36. You're at 52. I mean, it's it's just gone parabolic. There's no reason to buy into it. Um, they had their earnings. It was a cr- tremendous earnings. You're seeing volume kind of pull down there. Um, I am starting to see the button hook that I talk about. <clears throat> so if you're in Schlumberger, um, I, I, I hate to time it because I tried to time it on DRV last time, which you should be out of, I think. Um, yeah, it got you out with a 38% gain, but you should have sold probably up here. If not, definitely here because the button hook happened a second time. You just got, you know, when I said, hey, it's coming down, it was coming down. It was clear it was coming down. Um, and then it kind of made a, a little fake move back up. <clears throat> but, you know, I, I said, hey, get out here at 68. Uh, it's at 64 right now. <clears throat> but I think I'm seeing Schlumber's A, the same thing. Uh, Spotify announced earnings, SPOT, uh, you guys, the majority of you listen on Spotify. They announced that they were down big. Um, first off, let's see, where did they close? They closed at, um, ba, 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 ba. they closed at $97. Uh, they are at $91. Um, yeah, that one looks like, wow. It's got some type of crazy candle on the current one. Uh, 10-day volume is 2.5 million. 90-day volume is 1.7 million. They are not making money. Um, they announced a bigger loss than expected, but they were able to hold on to customers even with price increases. That's important because remember when I told you companies that um, actually have pricing power are getting rewarded in this market. Spotify is one of those. And, and we had a cross up here at 86.52. Uh, I'm not a particular fan of Spotify, and the reason is when you go over here to Finviz, Spotify is not making money. And while I think that you can see on, on Finviz, their daily has a double bottom, and their double bottom happened at 78. Now, they're trading at 91. Um, I think you've put in a bottom, and, and 80 is probably your support level at a bottom, because... They, with pricing power, I think they're good. They're down 58% year to date. They're only 23% above their 52-week low of $78. Um, so at 91, I, I think you're probably 91, 92. I would probably use that 90 as, as a, a support level. Let's just pull it back the volume level, back to the recent highs. Yeah, you're seeing, see, 80, 85. But wait, is that a... 
Let's see. Yeah, there's a there's a volume shelf here, 85 to 90. Yeah, 90 is your support. Uh, I, I you know you, you could get down to 85 and 90, but if you wanted to buy Spotify, I may buy Spotify. And the reason I buy Spotify is I use them so much. Again, I, I I'm on this podcast. I'm on um uh, in, election insider with Rick. Uh, I'm starting a fire podcast, and I'm going to start a positivity po- podcast as well. So um, I love Spotify. I love Anchor. Yeah, they pay me pretty good money. Um, I don't have an advertiser right now. That's why you're not seeing an advertiser at the beginning. I am going to start advertising in, in, uh, in, uh, I'll be speaking the advertising in the episodes, uh, but I'm going to start that. I'm just lazy, but Spotify, they have pricing power. If they have pricing power, uh, they announced that they're just losing money on ads, ad, ad revenues down. So I like it. Uh, Elon posted that, or I don't know if he posted, but he sent his lawyers a message that the deal should close by Friday. Twitter. I think it's Twitter. uh, In fact, ironically, I think it's above the 52 that I sold it at. Yeah. 5284. Um, remains to be seen. Uh, it, when it dipped down to 48, brilliant move for anybody who bought it 48. And, and got 10% move up here and we'll probably get um uh get the the $54. So, um yeah, I you know, he's done selling his Twitter or I'm sorry, selling his Tesla. I don't want to don't want to tell you to buy into Twitter 52 cuz it's only $2 per share. That's your top cuz it's 5420 that he's paying for it. But Tesla had a nice move yesterday. And you do have some support here. Let's let's pull the volume level. Uh, I'm gonna pull it back to its most recent high. Yeah, look, September twentieth. Um, you're seeing support right here between two twenty two seventeen and two twenty. You're trading at two twenty two nineteen is where you're trading at in pre market. Um, the MACD crossed up. You have a two nineteen is your uh your your buy in point on the last one. Um. You know, you, you do have an upward moving MACD line right there. Uh, your RSI is at 47. I haven't added in my 50% again. You've got this gap up here at 250, which does need to be filled. But we've talked about it too. When I go back here and I go to a weekly and you look at this weekly, um, there is a gap back here. Um, I think we have to go to monthly. Let's go to monthly. Uh, because the gap... Uh, doesn't show the monthly. I think it's just gone too far. Um, yeah, I think it was the, was it the daily where I saw it? I don't know. You got gaps all the way up here, but the, the, the PE is what's the problem. There we go. There's the gap. It's on the daily and it's, uh, December, 2020. Uh, and it's 136 to 142. I mean, it's clear. I don't think you're getting down here, uh, below a hundred. I just don't think that you're getting down there. Uh, we'll pull it back to this gap, and you'll clearly see. Um, you're, if you fall below 190, then there's really no support down there until 160. So Tesla, I'll probably be adding back in. I just don't know when. I'll let you guys know when I do. But I do like Tesla. The only thing that worries me and the only thing that has not worried anybody else is the PE at 60. The forward PE is 38. 
it is down 36%. You're 12% above your 52-week low. You're 50%, 46.34 below your 52-week high of 414. So um, phase is one that is moving in uh, ENPH is one that's moving in pre-market. Um, in fact, let's go over to Active Trader Pro because I'll show you this one. I looked at it. Uh, there it is. ENPH. And I'll wait for this one to pull up. Um, it's moved quite a bit, and I think it's uh, it was upgraded. Um, the price target from Goldman Sachs is 362. That just came out this morning. It is up 10%. $290. It closed at 200 and, uh, yeah, well, it opened up at 290. Uh, it closed at 265, opened at 290. Goldman Sachs raised their price target to 362. This is a go over here and we'll look at end phase. And then I will, once I tell you that, um, it is a, I think it's a solar company, uh, ENPH. There we go. Uh, do, do, do technology solar. Uh, their PE is 187. It is super, super expensive. See how it's on the bottom here at, well, it's trading at 290, so it's not really on the bottom now. Uh, but the bottom level of this trend line, yeah, it kind of broke it, but it's now inside. Could be going back up to that 337. So I, I like this one. Year to date, this one's up 45%. Um, Guggenheim, Biden neutral. Uh, August Barclays equal weight 292. You've hit that. Goldman Sachs just upgraded to 362. Um, yeah, it's 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 expensive. Uh, one that I like um, to play on the solar is Sedge. Their PE is much more reasonable. Uh, they are only down 23%. Enphase is way up there because Enphase is kind of the, you know Enphase makes those uh. Uh, transformers uh, that transforms your solar into um, actual electricity. So they're used in every solar um, solar edge. Use I think they're the, more the panel uh, of the solar portion. You can read up about it. I've, I've traded solar edge. I like this one, especially down here. Um, let's make sure that. By the way, Sedge. Uh, I'm sorry, Enphase had a buy-in October 18th at 2:49. Boy, that would have been nice. <clears throat> they just had their earnings, and that's why you're seeing them gap up. They're already down uh, 288 is where they're trading right now. But I like, uh, I like Enphase. But Sedge is one that I have been trading in the past uh, and made quite a bit of money on because it does move. And it just moved. <laughs> God, you've already made 10%. October 14th, we went over this one. It hit 203. It was clear that was a bottom kind of floundered around there. Now it's it's moving up. They have earnings coming up on November 7th. Read through end phases um or earnings. Then decide. You know what? Maybe Sedge is one that I do want to buy. Maybe I want to pay that that $20 premium over the the MACD cross up here because it was down so low. The MACD is still down low. It's not high. The RSI is a little high at 64. But that doesn't mean between now and, and earnings on November 7th that this one doesn't go back up here to 300. So take your cue from Solar Edge, uh, from, I'm sorry, Enphase, and, and, and do that one. I like it. So uh, that was one. I, I think that's my, my find of the day. 
along with uh, Corey's VTNR. I think those are two that, that you might want to uh, look at. Scans, and we talked about yesterday. I think I told somebody. Um, let me see. Let me look at my notes. Who did I tell? Um, D-Man. I told, fucking sell your Neo. It's a Chinese company. It ain't worth it. Blah, blah, blah. And what happens today? You get a cross up at 1061. Now it's down from that 1061, but you do have a cross up. This is the only scan that I found. They have earnings coming up. Here's the thing. Uh, the algorithm loses you uh, 48%. Buying and holding loses you 62%. Your average win is 15%. 15.99, so 16%. Uh, 33 positions, you only win 27% of the time. So you're rolling the dice for a one in four win. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily worth it because you've seen this, this huge cross down here. Uh, the death cross right here of the 50-day on September 29th, where the 50-day crossed the 200-day. You have no volume support down here whatsoever. So I, I don't know why in the world you would take it, but I don't know that I'd sell into the weakness either. If you've lost this much, say you bought at 20, and you've lost 50% and you're down at 10, I wouldn't take the loss. You know, Maybe wait for it to hit throw in a buy at $10 and then their earnings come out and the Chinese government says, you know what? We're putting our money towards you. We're going to screw Tesla and we're going to give you guys a ton of money. Well, maybe that happens. So, um, is it possible to portray your technical edge to hedge fund or investment bank? And if they impressed, use it in the portfolio and get a percentage. So my algorithm, so here's, and, and I, I'll kind of go over it a little bit. And I'm, I was going to do a full episode uh, one weekend about the logic of my algorithm. So let's look at SPY. Um, because SPY is a, you know, it's, it's the number one, it's the largest ETF that tracks the, uh, the S&P 500. And it's pretty much what options are based on. And you can make a lot of money just, just trading SPY. Um, my algorithm over a thousand candles makes you 5% on SPY. Buying and holding uh, SPY makes you 16%. Now, mind you, a thousand candles is a bull market, uh, pretty much a bull market. Because when we pull back here, uh, and you're going to see when we pull back to a thousand candles, I'm going to load it up. Uh, do, 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 do. Hopefully, I'm on. No, I'm not on this. We're going to go to Safari View. Ugh. Uh, you guys missed out on Neo, but oh well, uh, the chart. So um, this is SPY, and this is, these are all the buys and sells in my algorithm. The reason the algorithm was written was around COVID. So February 2020, we all lost a bunch of money. I think everybody lost a bunch of money as the market went down. It was inevitable. It just sank. Um, and I, myself and my friend said, you know, we don't want to lose all that money. What if we could have sold out, um, and, and at least saved some money and then bought back in when we saw a bottom. So we did some research and there was a, uh, a YouTube channel called trading rush and they, um, they back tested the MACD. Their MACD strategy was, I think, um, sell out at a 5% loss or, and then, um, when you make 10%, you sell out and blah, blah, blah. There was a lot of manipulation in there, um, their actual strategy. And it was actually very precise 
and um, there was no emotion used. It could have gone for more of a run. It could have, you know, uh, sold them out too early. Um, it could have saved them from getting into the downturn. But there was a large, uh, you can just Google that one, look it up on YouTube. It's Trading Rush MACD Strategy, and you'll find it, and you can watch it. Uh, so we decided, you know, we want to look at backtesting. And so we, we used a free tool that tr- uh, Fidelity had um, to backtest. Uh, we didn't like it. Fidelity stopped supporting it, so we had to pay for it, and we didn't like it. We went out there and we looked. There were several other backtesting um, tools that we used. And I think it was around September we landed on TrendSpider. And the two of us started using TrendSpider. We kind of understood TrendSpider. And we wanted to put that MACD uh, strategy in place. Well, you can see, uh, well, maybe you can't see, but up here in the upper right-hand corner, there's a thing called Strategy Tester on TrendSpider. And it is a backtesting performance. So nothing can tell you the future. Um, but this simply goes back and looks at, okay, if I bought here and sold here based on these, um, these parameters, then uh, I would have done this. So our strategy was we used the MACD cross up to get in. There was no better time to get in. There was no, um, you know, we, we, we tried moving averages. We tried a, a other things. But the only thing that really constantly got us profits consistently was a MACD cross-up. So full disclosure, that's the entry point. In the algorithm, there is nothing else other than the MACD cross-up. Now, it's on a four-hour chart. Uh, we did backtesting a daily, weekly, um, monthly, one hour, two hour, uh, you know, 30 minute, 10 minute, five minute. We did backtesting on them all. Uh, Four-hour fit our quote-unquote lifestyle, and it just performed better. Now, the sale part was the tricky part, and that's <laughs> when you sign up for TrendSpider and I give you access to my algorithm, that's the bread and butter. It's the sale part. Uh, and nine times, I think nine times out of 10, when you guys ask me questions, it's when should I get out? Not when should I get in, when should I get out? Um, and that's the, that's the, the, the special sauce. Uh, and so what we did was we used some moving averages and there's a couple of different moving averages in there. It is quite simple, but the reason it will never outperform in a bull market is because the MACD will ultimately cross up and cross down in a bull market. So if we were to go here and on the, the, the spy and mind you for the last what? God, this one goes back to 2015. Seven years. It's been a bull market. I mean, there's no doubt about it. This is a absolute bull market. How are you going to get in and get out uh, effectively in a bull market? Now, if you take this part, December 27th, down to here, uh, the reason it will underperform in the up is because it gets you constantly in and out, and it can't time. There's nothing that can time you around actually hitting the top and bottom, say, around COVID right here. There's nothing. Um, you can say, oh, yeah, I should have done it, but you can't tell. There, there's no way anybody's that good. Um, you can get out within that week, uh, but you can't, you, you know, consistently you can't time this thing. You can't time the 2018 tightening. You can't time this uh, February 2016 where, where you just saw a downturn from December to February. You can't time these things. You just can't. 
you can't time January as being the top. You can't time the uh, July, June as being the bottom, and then August. You can't, just can't. So uh, our algorithm will underperform because it will, on a four-hour chart, get you in and out based on four-hour charts. And within this, this is a weekly chart. There, if I set up an algorithm on this one, maybe it, it performs a little bit better. We didn't think so. We looked at it, and it was too, you held on too long, uh, and we couldn't figure that out. So my algorithm won't per, will underperform in a bull market, but it will overperform in a bear market. So if I were to trade my entire portfolio based on the algorithm, I would have uh, sold, gotten in and out, and, and say the S&P um, is down year to date. Let's see. Um, SPY. SPY is down year to date 18%. I bet if I put my, let's just do, um, do I have a year to date? Let me see. No, I don't have a year to date to back test it. Um, against SPY, but I can tell you, uh, it, it would, oh, so while you're losing 18%, my algorithm would not make you money, uh, in this downward market, but. It would most likely, and, and I'm trying to see asset performance, net profit 5.17. It doesn't give me a uh, year to date. No, it doesn't give me a year to date. I'm trying to look through uh, to see if it gives me a year to date. It doesn't. Um, yeah. But it will outperform. It'll lose you less. And that was our goal. Our goal was to, and, and, and what we did was, rather than do a market perspective, we said, you know what? We want to look at stocks that we think are in areas that are going to overperform. So part of that is energy has been overperforming over this year. So let's pick out some energy stocks. You know, let's look at Devon. Um, Devon right now is up at 76. So... Uh, well, I, I do think that if my algorithm were put up against hedge funds, there are some much more complicated schemes that hedge funds use, specifically with quote-unquote hedging, which is what a hedge fund is, with options plays and protecting the downside and things of that sort. My algorithm does not play into that. My algorithm plays with the actual equity, um, and it says get in or get out. And, and that's essentially what the algorithm does. If you want to play with options based on my algorithm, go have at it. Uh, I've had several people you know, do that, and, and they've, they've done really, really well. Um, you know, it, it, Remember, I said the algorithm underperforms in a bull market. Well, look at Devin, for, for example. Devin, the algorithm that makes you 159%. Buying and holding Devin over 1,000 candles makes you 812%. Uh, it's underperforming uh, just a bull run in, in energy, in Devon. It's going to underperform. But the, the theory that we had was we don't know what the future holds. So in a bear market, I, I'd be perfectly happy making 159%. Uh, even you know, in a bull market, I'd be perfectly happy making 159% over two years. Part of the, the, the kind of special sauce is picking out those stocks too 
and identifying which industries are running. So when you listen to me, understand that I do a little bit more research into um, you know which which industries are running, uh, and and I do take your suggestions as far as stocks. Um, but I, I'm not throwing people into dangerous situations where you're gonna you know lose a ton of money. Uh, I have in the past sent you into situations where you have lost money, but if you have downside protection and you've said to yourself, um, you know, for instance, um, several people got into Boyle. Let's see where Boyle is right now. Uh, and I said it was $39 was the entry point to do, do, do Boyle right now is trading at 38. So it's almost made up. Um, yeah, 36. <laughs> Shit. I should have stopped the podcast and bought at 36. It's got all the confirmation in the world. It's above that, above the nine day right now on a one minute chart. Uh, the MACD is a little bit high. The RSI is up at 62, 64. So it's a little bit high, but it's got all the confirmation in the world. It's going back to 40. You're going to see it close at 40, I think, before the end of the day. Um, so uh, I, I'm going to stop the podcast now. If you want more, kind of just tune into YouTube. Uh, it is, what, an hour? Uh, let me see the time frame. 49 minutes. So I think in, uh, about an hour on uh, YouTube should pick it up. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. I was ranked 15th on good pods in the investing category. Uh, first award, I guess they emailed me. So I kind of tweeted about a big deal. Um, but if you guys have any questions, hit me up on the socials. There's a link tree down below. Thank you to all of the supporters. Those are the people that I really, really appreciate. Um, I appreciate all of you. What the hell? Uh, you know, just tip your bartender when I, when I give you, when I give you boil and I say, stay in at 38, stay in at 38. Um, I, I, again, my opinion is have your downside protection, identify when you get in at 40, uh, and it immediately goes down to 36 the next day. That's 10%. Are you okay losing 10%? Are you okay losing another 10%? If not, sell half the position, you know, and then add back into the position if it goes down again. So uh, these strategies are, are time-tested. They're, they're, they're ways to try and make money. But I will tell you the best time-tested um, strategy is buy and hold. Find a good stock. Buy and hold it. Don't trade around it. Um, you know, Only a small portion of my portfolio is traded. So with that, thank you guys. I will talk to you tomorrow.